0: Hi everyone, I'm Jen. I'm Anthony, and this is Bottom Bracket Biking Podcast. A
1: couple's guide to biking. Hello everyone, welcome to episode 22. This week we've got a bit of a new format for you.
0: Yeah, we uh, talked to all of you out there in podcast land, all who responded anyway, and there were a few segments that you wanted to see. One of those being upcoming events, which I think is a phenomenal idea.
1: So we will be going through and reading off the upcoming events from the Bike Iowa website. And then we also have a short segment from a race director talking about a specific gravel event. In this case, the Los Hills Enduro before we get into our main segment. Yeah,
0: not Lois, Los. It's very important you don't mess that up while recording.
1: I've always said Los, so it's, (laughs) it's learning for both of us.
0: And then our final segment talking about, uh, bike trips gone bad because we had a bit of an experience with that. So I guess we'll start with the upcoming events. First off, we have the 24th annual Shamrock ride in Dyersville, Iowa. That is coming up on March 13th in Dyersville, Iowa. Uh, it's just kind of a party ride to, you know, for Shamrock day. Shamrock day?
1: I don't know. St. Patrick's Day. <laughs> Patrick's Shamrock Day. Day, Anthony. I thought you made that up. Oh my goodness! St. <laughs> Patrick's Day.
0: A 13-mile ride to celebrate Shamrock Day, as you do in Dyer'sville, Iowa. Look it up on Bike Iowa. Uh, that looks like it's going to be kind of an interesting ride.
1: Next, we have the. It's an ongoing ride, but we've got the High Trestle Trail Winter Fat Bike Rides. It is Sunday, March 14th. Starts at noon, goes to 6 p.m. And it leaves from the Fat Tire Lounge in Madrid. And yes, that is pronounced correctly, Iowa. And it is about 14 miles long.
0: Yeah, looks like that's uh, one that they do once a month, but this will be the last one. So get in while it's good. And finally, our only, not, our serious ride coming up is the Colfax Gravel Bonanza Fondo, which is just a fun word to say. Uh, in Colfax, Iowa, March 27th at the end of the month at 11 a.m., This one you can register for, and it features something kind of interesting. It has uh, USAC categories here. I wonder if that's just for reference. Probably, because it's through Bike Reg. reg. Yeah. So uh, I thought it's not through USAC, but they have it for reference. Anyway, it is a 32 or 48 mile Fondo, so race with registration and everything.
1: Ooh, you can get gift cards.
0: You can win stuff. uh, No on-site registration. So if you're going to go, sign up ahead of time. All right. That does it for that.
1: Shall we get into our race director highlight?
0: Well, let me tell any race directors out there, if you want us to tell everyone about your episode, either...
1: About your race.
0: About your race. Put it on Bike Iowa so we can see it. If Mm -hmm. we can't see it, we can't read it, and I really don't want to scrape Facebook to find all these events. (laughs) That would be my full-time job.
1: Yeah, it's actually kind of funny. We were already planning on doing this, and then this past week, I am working on getting a bike event scheduled, and was... I immediately went to Bike Iowa to check something and then realized that there are about three races I know of that weren't there. So I am going to appreciate this as well if you guys all follow through with that. But
0: yeah, put it on there so we can see them, everyone else can see them, and we don't have to scrape Facebook for hours. Cause there are races that I just totally missed because I don't know they're there. Also, we were featured on Bike Iowa. This is not...
1: This actually is not the <laughs> plan. It, it worked out really well like that. But no, we were just featured on Bike Iowa, so... Kind of feels like a good time to talk about them.
0: Yeah, we were going to do this anyway. Then he's like, hey, we're going to talk about you. Uh, Wow, that was a quick. Wow, we rifled through that. We are nothing if not exciting.
1: (laughs) Also, we need more events to talk about. I think that'll pick up once we get out of COVID and out of March. So shall we go into our next segment now?
0: Are you ready for the interview that we did with Raffle Delato about the Los Hills Enduro? Enduro. You ready? Yes. All right. Let's get to it.
1: Woo! <laughs>
0: <laughs> Hello, and welcome to our race director highlight segment. We have Raffle Delato. Is that how you pronounce it? Yes. Correct. You got it. <laughs> and you are the race director of the Los Hills Enduro, right? That is correct. Cool. So we already went over your name, Raffle yep. Delato. And uh, our second question that we like to ask everyone after their name is, uh, what's your favorite bike right now?
2: Right now, uh, it's my Factor LS uh, that's sitting in my uh, office, uh, unconstructed. I haven't written. Um, As you might have guessed, it's kind of hard to um, get parts from Taiwan because of COVID. So Mm -hmm. while we have uh, great sponsors uh, for the team that I ride for, which is Harvest Racing and SRAM, we're kind of just sitting here and waiting. So every time I work, I get to look at it and see uh, <laughs> how it's not being made. So, so but I'll, but hopefully soon, uh, soon that that's that's my favorite bike. Uh, my favorite bike of all time that I had ever is All City uh, Nature Boy. Uh, it's probably like the best universal single speed bike that you could get for super cheap. It, it's probably one of most comfortable bikes I ever ridden. It's a nice steel really? bike. Um, Yeah, if you. Yep. That's cool.
0: So it's Los Hills, not gravel enduro, right? Because I I mispronounced that earlier. Correct. Correct. That's because you might get in trouble for using that. That, that is correct. So, you know,
2: I took this over from uh, this was part of a series that's now defunct that was called Good Life Gravel. And there was three races. Um, that was like six or seven years ago. Uh, the other two races of that series, they kind of just uh, faltered and nobody wanted to pick up the slack. And we just got left with uh, what I thought was the best course and the best venue. So I was like, we should do a Grind Duro. And I emailed uh, Giro, who actually uh, sponsors all the Grinduro's uh, original ones, and they're like, "Yeah, we have a trademark for that, so you can't ha- say Los Hill Grinduro." So, being uh, <laughs> someone who does this not a, for a living and is not a corporation, I was like, "Hey, you know, how about we do an Enduro?" And that name kind of stuck. And it was like three or four years ago. It was like right when. Um, all the Enduros kind of started happening when people actually started to promote these as uh, actual events out uh, in Colorado and uh, Arkansas and uh, Utah. So I was just like, ha, like there's some pretty steep MMRs that you actually get to bomb out uh, on. So I was like, hey, tongue-in-cheek, we're going to name it uh, Enduro. Uh, The the joke was that there was always going to be uh, a shuttle to take you up all the hills, um, but oh. <laughs> there, really, there really is no shuttle, but a couple of my friends keep uh, asking me if there's a shuttle for it, which yeah. there never will be. But so it's kind of, uh, you know, uh, that, that, that's how the name started. Um, and that's uh, kind of stuck. And this is like, I believe, fifth year doing it. Uh, we've done it in Mineola previously, and now we kind of moved uh, further South uh, to uh, Malvern. Um, and that's basically, uh, you get to ride your bike for 100 kilometers, a little bit, in Mills County and Fremont counties. You know, the allure of the ride is the Los Hill Enduros, uh, It's basically silt um, that's been deposited over thousands of years. And local farmers just cut in these huge dozer uh, canyons. They're like 15, 20 feet up.
0: Yeah, um, I was just, gonna I was gonna ask about that. What in the world is up with those those canyons? Like those pictures are incredible. So this is over in far what Western Iowa.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yep. Uh, how far out of, from Omaha are you? For people who um, um, so how
2: you know how how I found all these roads because they're, they're like how I wasn't the first person to to, to ride them. People uh, uh, so, so little history. I don't know if you know like uh, motocross and uh, Metal militia. Those guys are all like out of Mel- Malvern area, right, or like <laughs> Fremont County. So they used to go and ride all these dirt bikes on these MMR roads. But ho- how it started is uh, farmers just didn't want to go like five miles out of the way for like their soybeans or like their corn, so they would just cut this to like get access directly to it. Um, they're not really maintain roads, and the erosion gets pretty bad on them. So I don't think anyone's making. Um, Making any new roads in it, so so Los hills is basically compacted uh, sand, uh, but the moment it start you start uh, doing anything with it, it just kind of starts falling apart. So uh, you know that that is the allure of um, having the event in this part of Iowa. We'll have about seven or eight miles of uh, MMRs. Um, so hopefully, um, no rain because. Uh, It's really impossible to do that race uh, well uh, when it's raining. I think one time we rerouted it and we kind of just kept it on gravel. But uh, it's still pretty challenging because it's really hilly. Um, All the tributaries to uh, Missouri River um, are basically on that part. So so the whole idea is you get to Malvern and you basically traverse over the floodplain of uh, Missouri Valley and that's kind of kind of the gist of it so, so you know there's a couple of uh um steep sections it's uh probably 15 plus percent uh oh, wow. on road yeah it's it, it's it's super super challenging there's uh uh but you know it, it's fun uh so, so it starts at malvern at boner park um uh, we have uh kind of a party uh afterwards we're trying to get city of malvern involved uh, a little bit more officially um you know, last year we skipped the event because COVID and Mills County was not really enthused about us being out there because nobody uh, really knew much about COVID. Um, this year, they're on board. When, when would it have been last year? About- uh, it's, the, it's always uh, close as weekend to Father's Day weekend. Uh, so that's uh, uh, usually when the weather kind of clears up and we, we don't get the rains. Um, and that's before it gets super humid. You guys being from Midwest, you know, the beginning of June, like towards middle of the June, it just gets humid and yeah, oh, uh, yeah. it's just on those, uh, minimum maintenance roads, since they're so overgrown, um, the humidity jumps up to like 80% and some of the dang so. corn. Yep. That's exactly right.
0: <laughs> Putting yeah. that moisture in the air. Yep. So you are planning on having it this year then?
2: Yeah, we, we are having it. Uh, we do not know what the format's going to be, if we're going to have a mass start yet, or if we're going to split people up by groups of 10 or 20. Uh, you know, I'm, There's a couple of events uh, that are similar size in Midwest. Uh, uh, Bobby uh, Thompson, uh, Flint Hills uh, race in April and uh, Chris uh, McQueen's uh, Silver City. Uh, race. Hopefully, uh, I'm going to attend both of them just to see what they're doing. But, you know, we're trying to take uh, COVID uh, fairly uh, serious. So it's going to be outdoors, the after-hour party, or after-party usually is outdoors at the park, or it will be in the city. Uh, we have a couple of things that we're trying to make it a little bit better this year. But, you know, uh, we are going to have it. Podiums, uh, yeah, After hour or or after party might be a little bit subdued. We're going to ask people to kind of keep the social distance. And, uh, you know, uh, just like any race, what happens is uh, you have like natural group of people that you train or ride with and those people interact with. uh, So, you know, just use your best judgment. We'll see. Uh, You know, I'm very optimistic. Last year, there was a lot of unknowns where people uh, were very apprehensive about participating in anything. Um, I think now it's been kind of empirically proven that uh, if you are outdoors exercising um, and you're not uh, that close to somebody, like the chances of you being um, exposed to uh, any COVID um, virus is very minimal it's not zero but it's I, mean, I think it's manageable and uh, just like anything else in life uh just kind of have to take personal responsibility for some of these so uh, while I had like a strong stance about not racing or like uh, promoting any races last year or even showing up to any races or group rides this year I'm a little bit more um, now that we know more about it I'm a lot more um open-minded and uh hopeful so what
0: what i've kind of seen is a lot of people kind of have that group of like five to ten people that they hang with and they don't really gather in these huge groups anymore it's more like you know little pockets of people just for that exact reason of being reasonably careful
1: hey i'm just excited that we're getting events back this year like i think this this looks like an awesome event i'm excited hoping that we get to make it there and you know, it's a good day to check out the Los Hills and get to see. You know, we really haven't been to that area in Iowa.
0: Oh, I, I wanted to go last year just on the pictures alone. Uh, do you only have the hundred k option then? No, we're doing fifty k this year.
2: Uh, just because um, uh, originally when we started this couple years ago, we actually had hundred miles and hundred k. And the year we started hundred miles, um, it was so hot that uh, I think the guy who wanted did like an eight and a half hours and like I was there for 20 hours and like people like it was like 60% uh, didn't finish. So I was just like, you know, 100 miles might be a little bit too much. Uh, I think 50 is like something that uh, uh, somebody who's new uh, to gravel and doesn't have all the necessary equipment that people think they need to have just has a hybrid bike which just has whatever mountain bike that can just go out and like 50k is about uh 32 miles like i think that's doable for everyone we'll have a you know aid station for uh that loop as well ju- just to make sure that uh you know w- we want to introduce gravel to people who uh don't want to be out there for you know uh five six seven hours because if you are brand new to it it will probably be like a five hour adventure for you Mm -hmm. which for some people might not be like that exciting
0: or well and there's some people who only come because their husbands do it and so they would love to have a 50k option where they can not just sit at the finish line for three hours
1: that might be referencing me like i i'm not opposed to 100ks i just i'm not quite into that level of type two fun like there are days in Iowa when it is brutal out and I want to do my 50 K and be done. And it's wonderful. And then by the time that Anthony gets done, I've recovered enough that I can drive us home.
0: Yeah. I, I really like events that have that kind of serious and then casual option.
2: Yeah. Uh, you know, so, so the joke is always to have uh you know, have the mullet thing where it's business up front and uh, party in a bag, not to say uh, that people who just, enjoy riding bikes uh it's just a different experience for him um there, there's some people that you know in my experience would go to any of these events and they would get like fourth to fifth so like they would be like right off the podium and they'd be like super bummed out about the whole thing like <laughs> oh man like i could have like tried done a lot better and then you know you talk to somebody who just like he's like yeah this is like the first gravel ride that i did and they're like so stoked on like just doing it like their visceral memory and like experience and like the whole thing is, makes me a lot happier to see those guys being super stoked and they're like five hour finished and like somebody who's like in fourth and fifth place being bummed out that they missed out on the podium. Cause you know, for them it means more and they'll, rem- they'll have a memory, um, about that five hour, uh, event. Uh, and then, you know, person who got like four and be like, Oh yeah, it just didn't go well. So, you know, that's, what, that's yeah, kinda, it's,
1: I think it's so cool. Like, I just love going out and riding on gravel is almost nostalgic because I grew up in the country and I've lived in various cities on paved roads for, heck, going on 10 years now. It's like, it's fun to get back out in the country and be on the gravel and just, you know, be in the middle of that type of landscape. And it's, it's a great excuse to see different parts of Iowa.
0: Yeah, that's my favorite thing. is seeing these new places. I, I didn't realize how important that was till I went to uh, Swig. We talked about this last episode, but doing that ride in Valiska, Iowa, it's like, holy cow! This is a whole new town. So I'm, I'm sure that to where where this ride is, it's gonna be the same thing. Of like, look at this place I never thought of. Yeah, not not to be a
2: huge geology nerd, uh, but you know, uh, Western Iowa and. Uh, Eastern Iowa, almost two different states. Uh, That has to do a lot with uh, the glacial movements of uh, when glaciers retreated. Uh, That's why uh, one of the reasons why Midwest is so high and like radon is uh, glaciers retreating and dragging all the uranium. But Western side, um, that's why it's more rocky and has more things than uh, Eastern side. And that's why the geography is different because glaciers... uh, we're not as advanced on the eastern side of iowa so that's why like wide when you get around like iowa city and you get closer to mississippi or like dubuque especially like on that corner to illinois it's completely different look and feel than what it is on the western side uh so it's just like interesting to like go and see w- what it is and especially it's the same for you know northern uh, iowa and southern iowa they're like totally two different geographical areas it's just that's what i was gonna say so
0: we live in ankeny and we used to live in des moines and if you go north johnston not ankeny (laughs) we live in Johnston. we used to live in ankeny but anyway if you go north it's super flat up there but if you go south of des moines it's really hilly i mean the spotted horse is just hills all day but you could bike to freaking minneapolis and not see a hill
2: yeah correct uh you know uh, i think uh, so, so like serum which is like the golden standard uh for for gravel races which a lot of the ideas for the distance and uh having a loop and eight stations i still uh from cant uh, carlson he's a good friend of mine um like that that part is really hilly like you don't realize how hilly it is until you're like riding it and i was just like oh man it's like fairly hilly so <laughs>
0: I always tell people who complain about hills, you know, you end where you started, so you average zero hills. So don't worry about it. Just, you'll be fine.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, for, for sure. It's a, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a good problem to have. You know, I think, uh, I think uh, having all these, uh, you know, races uh, in different g- uh, parts of Iowa is so great because you get to see um, just the diversity of um, uh different places but the cool thing about it is uh, that you um, you see pretty much the same people at all of the races so you know all the ultra c- crowd uh, I've known a lot of these guys for like 10 15 years and we started off uh doing like you know uh mountain bike uh you know 12 6 hours and those kind of fell out of favor because everyone just started doing ravel so you know now uh it's kind of like those long marathon races are kind of not a thing. I mean, they're part of Iowa mountain bike series, but they're not, you know, nobody does twenty-four hours like they used to, you know, fifteen years yeah. ago.
0: Like that's not like that's not a thing anymore. So well, we might be working on that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> they yeah, might be coming there, back.
0: There should be one. So I guess the kind of the last question is what what makes your event kind of unique? Like why yeah. what what would make people drive from Des Moines to oh. go there? I have an answer, but I'm curious what your answer is.
2: <laughs> well, I'd be curious to, uh, uh, like after a reply to, 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 see what, what your opinion is, but, but, you know, I'll, so,
0: I'll let you so, go first.
2: So, so the first thing is, um, the, the B roads, uh, the MMR roads are great. Uh, it's a challenging course. Uh, you get to be basically on top of the low Hills. And when you look West, you get to see all, uh, whole Missouri uh, flood plain uh, and you get to see Nebraska. Uh, we also have usually pretty good uh, after party or gathering for people um, uh, and you know some, some prizes for finishers. Uh, so, so the thing that I should mention though is um, this, this, even though I'm the race promoter, the, uh, I transfer the ownership of this uh, race to my uh, racing team. Uh, So Harvest Racing is a junior development team that focuses on developing junior uh, races either through NICA partnership in Nebraska or uh, for uh, juniors that want to do cyclocross and road, we try to uh, teach them how to race and how to train um, appropriately. So, you know, this is one of our fundraising, uh, fu- fundraising events uh, for that cause. Um, so you, you might get to see some juniors uh, at the aid station, and you might see the same junior uh, totally race at the local NICA series or race at the uh, Iowa Cyclocross race, uh, you know, be it uh, Spooky or be it at uh, Jingle Cross. So, so, you know, w- when you come out to that race, uh, what are you really doing is uh, putting on us and developing uh next level of uh, talent in Midwest. And, uh, you know, Nebraska and Iowa and Kansas, we don't have that much of population, but we really have uh, top-level talent. Like, our top people can go and compete and podium and top amateur, like, semi-pro categories everywhere in the nation. That has been proven. We had, you know, people in many categories be world champions, be uh, national champions in multiple disciplines. We had uh, a couple of kids that uh, were in uh, our junior program are now on the continental pro teams or in the development teams. And, you know, they started off with us. So you helping us uh, by showing up, you're helping support those juniors uh, chase their dreams for uh, uh, competitive cycling. If that's NICA, that's great. If that's, uh, you know, uh, trying to go to uh, Cyclocross uh, US Championships in Chicago this year, that's great too. But, you know, uh, it's not just like a pure, uh, like, oh, you're just making some money for some guys. You know, we try to make this event fun for everyone, build a community and support juniors. So, you know, that's yeah, kind of our on, mission.
0: I saw in the registration that the fee uh, proceeds to go to the junior racing team. That's uh, something I wanted to ask you about. That's really cool. I'm I'm kind of interested in the Nike stuff. We'll have to talk about that maybe some other time. <laughs> but, yeah, you should talk to is- our treasurer,
2: actually, uh, Ali, uh, Allison Birkin. Sorry. Uh, she, she's, she's a NICA coach, actually four or five people uh, on our team, are NICA coaches in Omaha metro area. So, you know, that's something we take pride in uh,
1: having those
0: guys. Yeah. Share the experience. So, Jen, what do you think I would want to go there for?
1: I think you'd want to go there to see, well, I know for me, it would be getting to actually go ride in the Los Hills. Cause like I said, I've never done that. Yeah, dude,
0: those Hills are crazy. Like the pictures on your website are just mind boggling. Like, i just we might have
1: been sitting there and staring at them (laughs) i've
0: never seen anything like that before like that alone is what makes me want to go yeah it's it's
2: it's pretty it's pretty great uh you know there's a lot of uh it's a lot of history uh in this part of the iowa so, so it's it's good times yeah so
1: what day is the race going to be this year
2: um, the race is going to be on June 12th. I think uh, we're going to have the registration fight to open on uh, March 15th. Uh, it's on BikeRage. Just look up uh, Los Hill Enduro.
0: Um,
2: and uh, we hope to have some uh, merch uh, available for sale when the registration opens as well. So,
0: Do you have a registration limit?
2: Uh, we do. I think it's like 100 and it's 200 for uh, total for the 50 and 100. I forgot how I broke it down. I think it's like 125, 150 for, um, 100 K and then, uh, the reminder for the 50 K. Um, but, uh, you know, asked, we're trying to see how it goes.
0: I asked cause there was an event that opened and was sold out in like four hours up here. It was 150 people. So, yeah, so, yeah. Uh, I, I hope,
2: uh, you know, it's a good problem to have. Uh, we'll try to figure out what the more, most equitable way to uh, do transfers, because, uh, you, you know, life happens as so you're making uh, plans. So we'll figure out what the transfer market is if we hit the limit. So.
1: Well, awesome. So June 12th and registration opening very soon here, March 15th. So I know that we're hoping we can make it and hope all you listeners will be there as well.
0: Yeah, raffle, yeah. thanks for contacting us. Thanks for coming and talking to us. We hope we can talk to more race directors. I mean, I, I want these to sell out quicker so we have more events and people, you know, get to see the rest of Iowa.
1: Yeah, let's yeah. get more people on Iowa gravel.
2: Yeah, let's let's uh, show them that rag is not the only uh, only game in
0: town. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah,
1: right. Ooh, definitely agree with that one. Get known yeah. for something else. <laughs> so,
0: yeah. Well, thank you very much, raffle, and uh, we'll talk to you later. We'll yeah, great. There. Thanks,
2: guys. Thanks for your time. Uh, have uh, enjoyed the week. It's uh, great weather uh, after uh, you know freezing temperatures for weeks ago. So
0: yeah, it's, it's very nice. Bike. Well, thank you. Yep. Thank you. Alright, Jenna. I have an intro for this one. Are you ready? I am. All right. Picture this: we show up in Bentonville, Arkansas, four inches of snow in Arkansas with our bikes, and then you Just have
1: insert all of the locals looking at us like we're absolutely insane
0: yeah and then you have a screen that says like four months earlier and then <laughs> we get to planning a trip for Arizona uh so our trip was a series of unfortunate events that led to
1: yeah this was our latest bike trip to Bentonville
0: yeah we're talking about our bike trip to Bentonville that happened what two weeks ago
1: yeah you probably wouldn't have seen it on the socials because we didn't really bike <laughs> it
0: was so good we didn't even take pictures of our bikes <laughs> Although we did get featured with uh, Bentonville again because we took one good photo.
1: Yes, that was fun. Yeah. So, Anthony, how did we end up there?
0: So we got a call from a friend who said, hey, you want to do a 24-hour race in Arizona? And I, without thinking, said, heck yeah. Uh, I should have thought because that did not turn out great.
1: Does anyone want to guess how long of a drive it is from Des Moines to Phoenix or Ooh, Tucson area? Pick me. Pick, pick you? Okay, pick Anthony. Uh,
0: 22 hours.
1: Yep, 22 hours.
0: So it was a 22-hour drive, which I wasn't looking forward to, but I figured, you know, we'd make some new friends, it'd be fine.
1: You know, drama with flights, anyhow.
0: And they had plans for COVID, and then COVID got worse, and then it got canceled, like, what, a month ago?
1: Yeah, it was like a month, it was, yeah, it was about a month before the race was supposed to happen, which would have been Valentine's Day.
0: Yeah, it was basically, I mean, as far as that kind of trip goes, it was last minute.
1: Yeah, we had flights booked, which sucked, but whatever. And cars rented. Mm
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we canceled the car rental, canceled the flight. We're like, all right, what are we going to do? When one of the groups said, hey, we're going to be in Bentonville the next week, the week after we were going to be in Arizona. And the two other groups, oh man, there's so many groups here.
1: Two other couples. Three
0: couples. Two of the three couples lived like six hours from Bentonville.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So we're like, why don't we do that? So originally we were going to camp in Bentonville because it was... Late February, and, you know, typically decent weather down there, like chilly, but we could manage it.
0: Yeah, we had looked at the, what, the historical weather, and it was mm-hmm. going to be a little cold, but it would be fine. And then came the snow apocalypse. What do they call it? The, I don't know.
1: Snowpocalypse works.
0: So, you know that week when Texas was without power, people were dying of cold down in Texas, the whole world was frozen. All the
1: sea turtles were on the news <laughs> for whatever <laughs> reason.
0: All the sea turtles were being rescued from the ocean. <laughs> Uh, that was the week we went to Bentonville. <clears throat> and it was not warm.
1: It, it was, it was warm when we were there. But we showed up with four inches of snow on the ground.
0: Yeah. They had a, f- just like the rest of, just like Texas and all the way up to Iowa, they had a freak snowstorm basically mm-hmm. that dumped a bunch of snow. So we, in our wisdom, had gotten Airbnb though.
1: Yes. That was, we'd been keeping an eye on the extended forecast and it was not improving, was not improving, and finally we're like, You know what? We probably shouldn't be intense because that is going to be absolutely miserable.
0: Oh, it was pretty intense, Jen.
1: Really? (laughs) So anyhow, that is how we got there. We did have a nice Airbnb and that was kind of cool because we were taking COVID precautions and that means that everybody could show up with a whole bunch of groceries and alcohol and toss it in the fridge and then we didn't have to go out and hit restaurants and that kind of thing.
0: Yeah, we didn't go to... Any restaurants, really? mm I think we went to get a drink at one place at like three in the afternoon, and they had one person there. hmm So, I mean, the way all of us, our mentality was, if the place was packed, we just wouldn't go. So, we didn't have to worry about that.
1: Yep. Airbnb was definitely the right call to make there.
0: So, Jen, back to the beginning. shoom Jump cut. Um, <laughs> we show up at Bentonville, four inches of snow, and people are looking at us like we're crazy. What, uh, what do we do then? What do you do when you go to a trip and it's snowed out there? The fourth fire, or it rains the whole time.
1: Well, do you remember that trip that we did in early college when we went, tried to go to Winter Park in May, and all of the locals called? They told us it was mud season. Yes, I will point out that was not our plan. But yes,
0: I do remember that trip.
1: (laughs) It reminded me a lot of that. There's a lot of hang out and see what there is to do in the town, which fun fact, there's more stuff to do in Bentonville in March than there is in Winter Park during mud season, because that's when everybody takes their uh, vacations. Pro tip.
0: Yeah. So we decided to wait for the snow to melt, which is a long waiting game. Mm -hmm. Bentonville, in fairness, was very warm. It was like 60 degrees every day compared to the negative 20 it had been up in Iowa. It was amazing.
1: Yeah, it was starting to warm up in Iowa when we went down there, but we hadn't experienced it yet. So we literally went from like a high of nine degrees one day to the day that we got there, the high was 39 degrees. And Anthony and I were a little bit giddy. Like, it's about freezing. This is amazing.
0: And our the other group, the other two people from Texas were giddy because they had electricity and water. <laughs> they, and that is not a joke.
1: <laughs> they showed up and they're like, guys, we have a washer and dryer. This is amazing. I'm like, Well,
0: we can do laundry. So, you know, it's fine. Six hour trip, eight hour trip to do laundry. Why not?
1: So anyhow, the first Three days. So we got there Friday night and then Saturday and Sunday, we kind of just accepted that they weren't going to be great days. It was overcast on Sunday. It was supposed to rain. I don't know if it ended up raining much. It missed it a little bit, but that was it. So those days we actually had planned. On Saturday, we went and we did a paved ride. And then on Sunday, we actually went to Crystal Bridges, the awesome art museum there. Which, that was cool, and they were handling that well with COVID. You had to reserve a time to get in. So that was kind of like, okay, well, we've just got, you know, friend time, chill time. All of us are coming from kind of stressful situations, so this was nice.
0: My stressful situation followed me down there. It did. It's you.
1: Oh, really? (laughs) (laughs) I was thinking like the insane cold and just work stuff.
0: No, 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 no.
1: Apparently, I'm the stressful situation, guys. (laughs) This is news to me. So that was, you know, not a good bike trip, but also we'd kind of been planning for that. And what we hadn't really been planning for is that, yeah, it was in the 50s those two days. And so the snow melted. But when the snow melts, you then have a whole bunch of water sitting on the trail, which is saturated already. And what do we always say, Anthony?
0: Ride dirt, not mud. Thanks Uh for listening.
1: So, well, yeah, that was the next problem.
0: Well, I, I mean, I, I knew that when snow melts, it turns to water. So I wasn't terribly optimistic at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Uh, the trails down in Bentonville are more rocky than, say, muddy. Although the parts that are not rocky are like clay, which is a nightmare. So we, we did try to do a ride once, and I traded in all of my goodwill points for that ride. We, we ended up turning around. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, we... When you decide to turn around, it's after you have left ruts.
1: Yeah, and we went down this ravine and it was completely fine the whole way down. That was packed and rocky enough. And then we got to the flat section and it just wasn't that kind of condition. We're like, okay, if we hit more, if it's just this section, we can get past it and be fine. But chances are it's not going to be the only section like this. And that's just not... You know, you're not a responsible trail steward if you go in knowing you're probably going to be leaving ruts.
0: Yeah, when I say ruts, I don't mean like three inch ruts that were coating our bikes in mud for four miles. It was like you could see the indents and you could just tell that this was not going to end well for for us. So We, we turned around.
1: We did go through one very muddy section and I'm pretty sure that's when my fork seal completely got blown off. So that was fun, too. Oh,
0: yeah. Jen broke her bike. Uh-huh. Like I said, just a great... Not a great bike trip. Great friend trip. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes. So we decided we're going to go back. I think I t- everybody else headed off to do a paved ride, and I took my bike in to see if there's anything that Fat Tire at the bike shop there could do about it, which... There was, but it would have been a couple day fix. They would have had to order apart. And since we were leaving the next day, I was like, okay, well, cool. Tell me about your rental bikes, guys.
0: Yeah, Jen had blown off the primary and secondary dust wiper off her fork. Or I don't know if that sponge thing is secondary one, but she'd blown the seal off her fork and uh, got mud jammed down in there. So it was not pretty.
1: Yeah, by the time that I got it to the bike shop, it like the front fork... Whether it was actually locked out or not, it just wasn't acting as a front fork, a suspension fork. So the guy there is like, just lock this out and don't use it. Like, you can take it on pavement if you want, but please don't don't go break your bike more. And I happen to love that bike, so I really, really did not feel like breaking it anymore. So I said, okay, bike shop man.
0: I took the, the fork, and being someone who doesn't always believe bike shop people... I unlocked it, and I pushed it down a little bit, and you could feel it grinding, so uh, we put that bike up and didn't touch it till it got back to Iowa, and then the next day came, and we had, well, okay.
1: <laughs> it was the final fail of the trip, although for us, it really wasn't that big of a fail.
0: Well, the morning was not so great, but we, uh, we had three groups, three couples, mm-hmm. and so Jen and I, couple one, went to one trail, and the other two couples... Uh, we'll call them two and three. <laughs> Went to another trail that was forty minutes away.
1: And part of the reason that we split off is that I had decided that I was going to rent a bike from Fat Tire because I really wanted to get out and ride. It was a gorgeous day. We thought it was finally dried out enough. I'm like, no, I'm I'm here in Bentonville. It's gorgeous out. I really want to ride my bike before I go back to Iowa, where the trails are going to be mush for the next like three months, eh, three weeks. So. We had to go into town and do that, and it's like, you know what, by the time that we get all that done, and it's on a bike that I'm not used to, I don't want to drive 40 minutes to do the trail that the other people were talking about doing, which is not a favorite of mine anyhow. So that's kind of how this split happened.
0: Yeah. And in doing that, I knew there was a bad weather loop. They call it the wet weather loop.
1: On the back 40.
0: On the back 40. So I looked it up, and sure enough, there it was, a nice little loop, and I figured, you know what? If it's wet, it's literally advertised as the wet weather loop. Which kind of brings up the second major lesson of the trip, which is check the trail conditions before you go. Mm -hmm. There's trails on Facebook and websites everywhere. I would recommend hunting them down because our trail was open.
1: Yeah, and it was actually really great. It was the first time that I had been on the back 40, which was one of my goals for that trip. I really wanted to try it out. And it definitely wasn't the whole thing, but it was seven miles that was rideable. And like the three places where we went through a mud puddle and left a rut, I didn't feel bad because it is the wet weather loop. But no, uh,
0: it was cool. Correction, Anthony, edit this in post. I felt bad. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Anthony felt bad at all of those.
0: Oh God, I felt terrible. But it was like it, it's advertised as the wet weather loop. It says, it literally says you can ride this when it's raining. So. And there wasn't many. There was like two
1: sections that were like that. Yeah, it was 90% of it was completely fine, which if it would have been more than that, like if it would have been mushy the whole way through, we still would have turned around. Like even if it's wet weather, you don't need to ruin seven miles of trail for a bike ride. Yeah. But no, it was like this section will need a bit of work. So jump cut
0: to groups two and three. Couples two and couples three. Oh,
1: are you still doing your video recording? Yeah,
0: I I want, they say podcasting is like a audio video. Do they really? No, I don't know what the heck I was saying. (laughs) I want to make this a video for your mind, okay?
1: Okay. Anyhow, the other groups, (laughs) they had set out to go ride at Hobbs State Park, which is to the east of Bentonville. And they did have experience there with riding when the trails were wet. I think they'd actually done, was it the karst loop when it was raining before? So it was one of those things where like, okay, we've done this. We're pretty sure the trails can hold up to it. Should be good. However, it was a 40 mile drive. From Bentonville, and I think actually a bit longer than that from the Airbnb since we were staying in Bella Vista. So, you know, about an hour to get there, and it turned out that those trails were actually closed because they were so wet.
0: Man, all that explanation ruined my jump cut. Jump cut, they show up, trails are closed. Bum, bum,
1: bum. I mean, that is a lot more clear, but it doesn't explain the whole thing.
0: Well, yeah, I know. I just, I'm just trying to make a video through audio. <laughs> So I'm on a roll today.
1: It ended up that we were the only people who got to ride that day. So yeah, one of the couples actually ended up going to Turpentine Creek Wildlife Refuge, which is actually one of our favorite places to go when we're not biking in that area. They get to go see a whole bunch of rescued big cats. Fun fact: Some of the Joe Exotic animals ended up at this place. So, is that a true fact? That's what they told us when we were there. Oh, really? I yeah. mean, I
0: totally believe it. That's that's what they do. They take uh, big cats from places like Joe Exotic and your backyard, mm-hmm. and give them a place to live.
1: Yeah, and it's it's not a zoo. It's more. It's uh, I don't know.
0: It is a wildlife refuge. It says it right there in the name. Yes. <laughs> And then the other other group, they ended up just hanging out and not biking. So we
1: were there for how many days? Uh Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, four days.
0: And we were the only people who got to mountain bike.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, which it was a really fun trip. We got to meet. We hadn't met one of the couples before. And so we got to see them. We got to hang out at a really cool Airbnb. We ate a lot of amazing food. Picked up some really good recipes that we have either tried or will be trying. Got to play some Super Smash Bros, which was fun. Have you ever played that game before? That was my first time playing that game. Yeah,
0: Jen over here, coming from the 1800s. Mm-hmm. She had to change out of her Victorian dress.
1: <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> no, no, I did not. But it was the first time I played that, and so... It was really fun. And after being stuck in Iowa with below zero temperatures for a week and a half. And you know, with this past year with COVID, just being in isolation a lot, it was amazing getting to hang out with other people and just have friend time. But it was such a horrible bike trip. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's
0: so funny. We went to Bentonville and we, I literally took maybe six photos total. Mm -hmm. And normally I'll take like 60.
1: Oh, yeah. I come back and I do burst mode on my phone. And so when Anthony drives on the way back, when it's his turn, I'll go through and delete like 100 to 200 photos off my phone just to get rid of the ones that aren't worth anything. And this time, most of my photos were of my messed up front fork.
0: Yeah. And we uh, we go to Bentonville so often now that we don't usually have much to talk about. It's just a great place to go. You know, it's not a great podcast topic. Mm -hmm. But this time, oh, buddy. So.
1: And. And I do want to say on that of one thing that we did try this time that was new is breaking my bike. While I wish I had not done that was actually a potentially good experience long term because it did get me into renting a bike. So I rented a Trek Fuel EX8 from Fat Tire. And it was definitely clunkier than my, you know, full carbon fiber cross country race bike. But because of that, it was a completely different feel and it was really fun on those trails. So I would love to go back and rent another bike like that and try it out on some of the, you know, the more techie trails. Go play it Kohler with that. Some of the blue, black and black diamond stuff that has rock drops that, you know, I maybe don't want to take the carbon fiber bike off full send. I'll do it. Oh, I know you will. I shouldn't, but I will. You have done it. But and
0: I, I tried it too. It was like driving a semi truck, but it'd be super fun to rent one of those for a day and do like a, a fun easy trail, like the whole enchilada out in Moab.
1: Yeah, fun easy trail there.
0: <laughs> <laughs> do a trail that my cross country bike is not adequate on.
1: Yeah, I am usually the limiting factor on trails, not my bike. And that is slowly starting to change. And so it's really nice kind of knowing the system and just knowing how easy it was to walk in. And well, I rented the bike online and then walk in and pick it up and everything worked great. So that's definitely something we will be checking out again in the future.
0: Yeah, I think they deserve a plug for how easy that was. You just rented it. We walked in and they were like, you, Jen? You're like, yeah, dog. And they were like, here's your bike, dog. You're Mm -hmm. like. Thanks, dog.
1: (laughs) (laughs) No, it was really, really cool to do that. So we'll be doing that again in the future. But yeah, overall on the bike trip, just being flexible and I think having realistic expectations, like we could have tried to force the whole thing a lot more and just checking in, checking the weather early on in the trip and then throughout to just be like, okay, so this this is probably what's feasible tomorrow and we need to have a backup plan you know, like reserving the tickets to Crystal Bridges so we could go check out an art museum instead of trying to bike or just sitting in the Airbnb and being pissed off. I think that really helped it still be fun even without the bike component.
0: I think one thing you have to fight when you do that is the urge to go somewhere else. Like you're on a trip and you had this time off, like let's go further down into Texas and find trails to ride. And I've I've seen that a lot and it's like, you know what? Just Chill, because the Airbnb ain't going to give your money back. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, make the best of the situation you have, and uh just just be ready for it. It still is fun. Go have bike trips. <laughs> go be happy.
1: And uh maybe if you do have the opportunity to switch your dates around, maybe don't go down to Bentonville when they do have that much snow. Because, yes, their trails did dry out a lot faster than the ones in Des Moines, but it's still not something where it was recommended riding.
0: Okay, that's about all I've got.
1: Yep, same here. (coughs) I'm looking forward to actually getting to go back and bike sometime.
0: Yeah, for real. Well, At this rate, we're going to be down there once a month, so we'll see you next month, I guess. (laughs) If anyone wants to go with us, let us know.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. It would be really fun, especially as we're getting out of COVID and getting vaccinated or just getting more used to how we can do group rides and still be safe. Yeah, the Herrera
0: Bike Touring Company. (laughs) Now opening tours in Duluth, Bentonville, and Moab? Colorado. And yeah. Colorado. Yeah. We'll do Moab, too. I don't care. You want to ride the whole enchilada with me? Let's go.
1: I don't know enough about Moab. Imagine, I need a guide
0: in Moab. Could you imagine biking and getting paid to bike with your friends? Ooh, that would be fun. Yeah. So, friends, if you want to pay me, hit me up.
1: Or, or you know, just go ride together and not pay us. I'll
0: quit my job and be a bike <laughs> tour guide. All right. Thanks for listening, guys. Sorry this one's a bit off the rails. We we were excited this morning.
1: So please definitely give us feedback if you have any thoughts on the new format or if you would like to be, say, a race director talking about your race for that segment. And if you do have upcoming events, if you put them on Bike Iowa, we would be more than happy to promote them. So until next time, you can find us on Instagram at bottom.bracket.biking. And as always, ride dirt, not mud.
0: Time to calm down a little bit.